The following content is provided under a Creative Commons license. Your support will help MIT OpenCourseWare continue to offer high-quality educational resources for free. To make a donation or view additional materials from hundreds of MIT courses, visit MIT OpenCourseWare at ocw.mit.edu. So uh, we're going to do a problem that looks like the guitar problem, but uh, is a bit cooler. At the same time, there are fewer states, so I think it's easier to manage. How many people know how to play DDR? Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, how many people know the rules of playing DDR? Because otherwise, I wouldn't be able to lift my hand up. OK. OK, so let's go through, a, out through an algorithmic model. So you have a board that basically looks like this. And you have four touch-sensitive pads, up, down, left, right. And then you have a center position. You also have a sheet of notes that looks something like this. Say up, up, down, down, up, down, up, up, down, left, right, left, left, right, right, so on and so forth. So when you see an arrow of up, that's a constraint that says one of your feet has to be on the up arrow, uh, has to tap the up arrow, actually. Uh, there's no constraint for the other foot. So your other foot can be anywhere else on the board. It doesn't matter. You're also allowed to tap the board extra, some extra times. So if you don't have a, if you don't have a note showing up, you can still hit the board, and, you, and there's no penalty. So you can hop around as many times as you want, or as many times as you can until you run out of breath. So up basically means it's actually up. One foot has to be up, the other one center. Also, of course, because of the design of the board, it doesn't matter what foot is where. So what are possible goals for this game? OK. OK, so there are, there are two different ways of doing it. One, you said not to get an F. So I would say, given some limited set of skills, so given a set of skills or your skill level, maximize your score, right? Yeah. This is dynamic programming, so we always want to maximize something. Now, if you're really good, then Another possible goal is hit all the notes with a minimum amount of effort. If you're going to be in a competition and you're going to be doing 10 songs, you don't want to die after the first song, right? So assuming you can do everything reasonably well, this is another possible goal. Any other goals? So we're brainstorming here. This isn't uh, set in stone. We've already seen a formal solution for this problem. So I want to play with it for a little bit, right? We brought a DDR pad, so I want to play with it. What else could you hope to maximize or minimize for with dynamic programming? Not look ridiculous. <laughs> like, I mean, okay. so there's some I guess, but yeah, I guess we're, we're looking at the so hit all the notes, minimum effort, or otherwise, uh, say, best uh, appearance. So every time you, every move looks somewhat good or somewhat bad, and you want to do the moves that look as good as possible. So this maximizes entertainment, right? If you're on TV, you probably want this. Now suppose you're in a competition and you only have one track to play. Well, then you know where the notes are. Sure, like we assume that we know this ahead of time. So you've memorized this and you're trying to compute the best strategy so you can memorize that. And when you go and play, mm -hmm. you dominate. Yeah. So 
If you have one track, then I would say that what you'd want to do is minimize your probability of failure. Right? So given the probability of failure for each possible move, you want to minimize the overall probability of failure so your teammates won't hate you. So hit all the nodes and minimize So this one's a little bit different for the other ones, because all the other ones are already set up as a nice problem where you add up things. So you can solve them with graphs or with dynamic programming. If you want to minimize the probability of failure, then you want to maximize the probability of success. The probability of succeeding on all your moves is the, probability, the product of the probability of succeeding on each move. Right? So if you have five moves and you have five individual probabilities, you multiply them up, and that's the probability that you'll execute the whole sequence correctly correctly and not stumble. So we have products instead of sums. Yes? Is this like it related to the maximizing score uh, goal? Uh, you can, uh, well, not necessarily because this one says that you only have some possible moves. I think in the end, all of them, except for this last one, can be solved using the recursion that we have. For the last one, you have to do a bit of massaging, and we're going over that right now. So you have products instead of sums. How do you turn products into sums? Yep. So for this one, I would want to use logs so that I can say that I want to maximize the log probability of success, which is just the sum of the log probabilities for each move. And then it looks uh, like dynamic programming as usual. Now, if I wouldn't want to use logs, if I'm using the DP formulation where I'm doing uh, recursion, I can incorporate products there. But it turns out that in practice, if you have a lot of numbers that are close to 1 or that are close to 0, so all the easy moves are going to be really close to 1, for example. If you have a lot of moves, uh, numbers that are close to 1 or close to 0, if you multiply them up, you'll get numerical instability. So you get the number that's really close to 1. So for example, if I'm choosing whether to do Say I'm here and I'm thinking, do I want to move like this? Or do I want to move like this and then like this? These are both pretty easy moves. So in both cases, we're looking at probabilities of success of 99.991 and maybe 99.992%. So if you have numbers with probabilities that are really close to 1, and if you have a lot of them and you try to multiply them, you're going to get the bad results. So all the products are going to start looking the same. So you're going to get the random solution instead of what you want. This is a practical thing. It's called numerical instability. And it's a practical reason why you'd want to use logs instead of multiplying things up. So it's not just a theoretical thing. It also makes life nice in practice. OK, so we have a goal that looks like this. Say, let's go for this one. Hit all the nodes, minimize the effort. And all the other ones can be reduced to this one. We need to define effort, right? Let's say that we have a function called delta that takes two foot locations, so where both of my feet are, a from and a two. And it gives me a number from 0 to 1, where 0 is really easy, and 1 is really hard. So from would look something like my left foot is up, my right foot is centered. Two would look something like my left foot is centered and my right foot is up. So basically going from here to here. So from left foot up, right foot center to here. So there's some difficulty there, right? I had to jump, so it's not zero. I'm burning some calories here. So any move that I make has some difficulty. And I want to solve the game so that overall I have a reasonably small uh, total difficulty. OK, are we understanding the problem? So we have three possible avenues here. We can start solving it using dynamic programming. We can start solving it using graphs. 
Or we can have someone else play the DDR again so that we can get more hands-on experience and look at what a good strategy or a bad strategy looks like. So you guys get to vote. Who wants to solve this using dynamic programming? Who wants to solve this using graphs? Who wants to get more hands-on experience? Damn. I, I was hoping that EDR would win. You guys are boring. So graphs, right? We're going to have nodes. Nodes represent states, right? So a state is where you are at some point in the game. And we'll have to define what that where you are means. And then when you jump, you make a move. So moves go between states. So in any game, you have states and moves. A state is where you are at a point in time, and then you make a move. Like in chess, your state is your board position and whether you're moving or your opponent is next to move. And the move is when you take a piece and put it from one place to another. So your vertices are states, and your edges are moves. So what's in a state? This is the hard problem. If, whether we're solving it with graphs or with dynamic programming, this is what everything comes down to. What's in a state? For some of the difficulties, uh, like, yeah, so your current state is how much difficulty have you? Why is the probability? Are those representing the probabilities, the difficulties, or? So this is a difficulty for one move. Does it depend on previous moves? No. No. So it's a nice thing to note that the difficulties for each move are independent. Uh, yep. So in real life, we might want to say that this actually depends on how much energy you've expended so far. And uh, if we have time, let's solve that problem. So the nice thing about this problem is there are many ways to, many directions in which we can take it. This is one of them. I am fine and I think we'll learn a lot by doing that. So back to the original problem. Suppose that it doesn't matter how tired you are. You're pretty good, so you're not going to be tired enough to be like, <sighs> So mostly independent difficulties for each move. What's in a state? OK, so. So we're doing this. Oh, just, oh, just, oh, effort. Yeah. OK, we're minimizing effort. So the way I like to think of this is, what does a solution look like? It's made up of decisions, right? What are the decisions? We'll see. But once you know what the decisions are, then you have to think, what do I need to make a decision? So. So a note is one of these. For some reason, they're called notes. So you know that somehow your path is ahead all of them. Like you can have steps in between. Yep. Like moves in between, but you have to hit all of them. OK, so I like this. So Every one of these is going to have to generate a move. And there might be some moves in between. Well, each move is going to map to some edge. And I'm going to need vertices. So as an algorithms programmer, when I hear that, oh, I can have some moves in between, I get really uneasy. Like, oh, what, what is this? How many moves am I going to have? Is this going to become really huge? And am I not going to be able to run any algorithm on it? So let's think about that. How many moves would I have in between? And why would I achieve with them? 
So let's think of an example. Uh, you want to go, say, I want to go, what, from here to here, right? Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, what, I can do this. Oh, sorry. So I can do this as one move and this as one move. Yeah, or you can just do one jump, right? Yeah. OK, so so looking at this, if you have, if I'm considering whether to go from here to here, if I want to go either this way or if I want to go this way. Mm -hmm. So let's write this down on the board. So I'm going from up, down, to left, right. And I'm considering, do I want to go directly or do I want to go uh, up, right first, and then left, right? Let's not do these arrows because they're confusing. So do I want to transition like this, or do I want to transition like this? Well, I claim that since my moves are independent, if going from here to here, if it's beneficial to go this way instead of this way, I would want to go this way all the time. So I would just say that, look, in, inside my delta here, I would say that actually, if you know what you're doing, whenever you have to go from here to here, you're going to go like this. And the delta is going to report the total delta for this. So if the problem is that I have one note, and then I have my next note like this, between these two nodes, I'm always going to go, I can always go in one move. How to, how to get there, the best way to get from one state to another. Okay. Well, like when you're learning DDR, these are the basic steps, right? Like you practice until you know how to get from one place to another. Uh, there is something else where you need intermediate steps. So, so let's not worry about holds. Let's say that we'll just represent holds as a. So if you have a hold in a game, then we're just going to represent it like this. We're going to cheat. So we don't have to deal with it. In real life, you would have to deal with it. Like if you're actually writing a program that trains people. What if you have like up, right, left, up, or something? So you'd have to, like, let's say you start off hitting your your right foot on the top, and then you have to hit the left, or no, you have to hit the right one again, and then you have to hit up again, and then you have to transfer. So I guess you'd have to go through, any time you have to go through the middle, like to move your foot or something. So I like the idea of going through the middle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, why or how would you, where would you go through the middle? Well, what if I have something like this? If there are DDR experts, I know this isn't the right way to do it, but one way of doing it is left, right, mm -hmm. left, right, mm -hmm. left, right. So then I have some states that account for the fact that I'm centering. So some people like to do this, right? Some people like to go to the center as much as possible if they have time between the moves. Mm -hmm. So then I would need some, at least one state in between where I'm allowed to center. Right? In order to represent what I just did there, I need one move. Because I'm not going to go. <coughs> so one way I could meet this is I have left center and then left right. And then left, right, left, right, left, right, so on and so forth. But this would mean that instead of doing this, which is reasonably easy, I would have to do this, this, and then jump, 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 jump every time harder. Not good. Not good for my knees, not good for my score. So I don't want to do this. I want to have intermediate states so I can say I start here, and then I get back here. Then I do this. Then I get back here. Then 
I go here, and then I go back. Here, and then go back. Do you guys see how this works? Don't the rock back and forth too, so that would require not your both feet not to be on the ground the entire time. Rock back and forth. Hold that thought. <laughs> that might come in handy, assuming we have enough time. So if we only do one move every time we see a node, we're stuck with this. In order to allow recentering, we have to add states between the nodes. And we need to add one intermediary state. And you can either think about it or take my word for it, but if you represent the nodes using the trick that I said above, and you want to represent centering, then all you need is one extra state. So one extra move between every two states. Between two nodes. And that's enough, because that one extra state allows you to recenter, and it allows you to do pretty much everything a beginner like me would know how to do. Or you only need one extra state between each node, not like? Yeah, that is, that is the inside. That is where I'm thinking, right? So I had to do both this trick to see that I don't need an infinite number of steps, and come up with the need for centering to see why I need one intermediate step. By the way, does anyone know what's the right way of doing that? What's the right way of doing this move? You said rock back and forth. So I wouldn't rock back and forth in this case, right? Because that wouldn't be helpful. How would I rock? I mean, like you hold on one and then you go to the other one. Yeah, so yeah. rock left and right. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Okay. That's what I meant. I, I said back and forth. I meant Sorry, I thought <laughs> back, forth. So the optimal way of doing this is left, right, left, right, left, right. So what am I doing? Well, no, you have like touching the ground. Okay, so it's a, it's an in, interesting and important distinction. So if I wanted to hit both of them, if I'm here and I need to hit both of them, I need to hit them. Okay. If I only need to hit one of them, if I'm here, I can hit it like this. If I'm here though and I want to hit it, I have to lift myself up. So the difference is whether I'm like this or like this. Where's my weight? So if I want to allow for these moves, if I want to go past the stage of very beginner, aside from keeping track of where my feet are, I have to keep track of whether my weight is on my left foot or on my right foot. So I would actually have L, R, and W, where W is either L or R. And where each of the feet is. Yeah. Yep. Where each of the feet are and, are. and then also the, the and, and this some of the difficulties, so that's all everything in your state, right? Oh yeah, so I didn't I didn't think of I was just talking about foot position, but we need to get back to the state thing soon. That's a good point. So before we get to that, how many foot positions do we have? If we include if we don't include the weight, the where do I have my weight, how many do I how many possible positions for both of my feet do I have? So I have two feet. Each of them can be in any of these five squares, right? Mm -hmm. So how many total positions? Five choose two. <laughs> so I can do this? Sure, why not? Well, if I have five choose two, then oh, you. Work. Yeah. Yeah, no. So. Uh, flip. Five two. Yeah. So you have two feet. Each foot, five possibilities. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> now what if we have weights? If we are tracking on where I keep my weight? How many possible positions? So for each of these, there's two possibilities now. So 50. In the middle? You can, uh, based on what I've been reading, you never want to, because if your weight is in the middle, then you're extending a lot of effort to move your either foot. So you always want to have your weight somewhere so that at least for one of your feet, it's really easy to move it. 
Could it be the equator back? If that's not true, then yeah, I would need to have a center. Oh, so like whether I'm like this or like this? Yeah, if you're like doing the same thing, rocking back and forth. So if I have two feet, then this says my weight is on my left foot, my weight is on my right foot. So L and R is which foot, not where on the board? So did you not do center because it was optimal? Because I claim that in an optimal strategy, you wouldn't have it. But you don't have to take my word for it. If you don't believe me, then you add center and you just have more possibilities. And if it happens to not be an optimal thing, then the dynamic programming will ignore it. So how many, uh, how many positions do I have if I add center? So if I have left, center, right for each position. Cool. Yes? So why do you have 25? Like you wouldn't actually have both of your feet Why? Maybe, well, especially if you're maximizing this one, actually, especially if you're maximizing entertainment, then oh. <laughs> it's definitely cooler to do this, right? <laughs> you get the point. Yeah, so this is where my feet are. This is like the possible, the game will always ask something like this. So the game won't always care about both of my feet. Sometimes it will only care about one foot. So yeah, there are two different concepts, right? There's the position of my feet, and then there's the note on the screen. And my feet have to match the note on the screen, and we'll have to capture that somehow. So what's in a state? What are my decisions? Come on, now we should be in a good shape to know what my decisions are. What do I decide every time? Yeah, how, how am I going to jump, right? Where my feet are going to be in the new position. So every time I'm deciding what's the new foot position. OK, so when I say foot position, it's a cheat word for everything. So yeah, good observation. OK. Uh, what do I need to know in order to make this decision? OK, there's also, I, I would need to know where I was before if I want to compute the difficulties. But aside from that, I'm, what? Sorry. All right. <laughs> Is that a hint to what the, the runtime of this will be? <laughs> it's not on purpose, but yes. <laughs> so that, yeah, that makes sense. Point on, oh, good. I should probably not have my screen up without me looking yeah. at it. <laughs> okay, so back to decisions. I would, I think I want to know what's going to be on the screen when I land, right? Because if the screen says, yo, you need to go up and down, then maybe I shouldn't do this, right? That would not be good. So I need to know what the note is going to be when I land. Note. Yep, next note. Yeah. So the next note here on the screen. So my position in this list, basically. Uh, so it's close to knapsack, but uh, the difference is in knapsack, I have to decide, do I choose this or do I ignore it? So if I'd be like, um, if I'd be like I want to maximize my score, then like if I can only do a few things and I want to maximize my score, then maybe I would choose, all right, this is easy, I'm going to do it. This is hard, screw it. This is easy, I'm going to do it. So then I... My decisions are 0, 1, right. pick or not pick. Okay. In this case, every time, my decision is a new state of my feet. So it's not 0, 1. Okay. That's the difference. And then because of that, uh, the state is going to look different, and the recursion is going to look a bit different. OK, so I want to know the node that I'm landing at. I want to know the sum of. Well, we'll see if I want to know the sum of difficulties up to this point. And I want to know one more thing. So if this is going to be my new state, and I know what node I'm landing at, 
I'm making a decision. The decision tells me where my, foot, where my feet are going to be. Right? The move decides where my feet are going to be. What do I need to do? What else do, I, what else do I need to know my total solution? So what do I need to know to consider between decisions? So say I'm considering the state of, uh, I'm at node 2. Node 2 says left, right. And I'm considering of coming here from node 1, where my foot position was up, down, or come here from node 1, where my foot position was uh, left, right. I need to know where my foot position was to choose between these, right? If I don't know that, then I can't choose. Is this not part of your state then? Not yet. Oh. It's not here, so it's not part of my state. We've been talking about it a lot, but we didn't put it here. So let's say that the state is going to have the node that I'm landing at and my foot position after landing. So if I know that I'm going to land like this, then I know where I was here, LR, say LR. I can compute the costs here, right? This is delta of going from this to this. And this is the delta for going from this to this. Do you guys see? Is that too small? So when I, delta wants to know where my feet were before and where they're going to be now. So when I call it, I need to know where I was before and I need to know where I'm going to be now. So this should be part of my state. So a decision says, what's my new position going to be? So when I make a move, I influence my new foot position. They're going to be in some place. And independently of that, the note the position here, the position of the node, increases all the time, right? Because time can only go forward. How are we going to account for these extra moves? Wait, which so we said that between every two nodes, we oh. might want to make one extra move. Yep. And then just fill in the difficulties for that and see which one fits So if I want to use the algorithm that I already have that compares my landing position to my node to see whether I can go there or not, what node would I want to put in that intermediate node? Um, so you're basically saying between every two nodes, yeah. I'm going to have one more node. And my feet can be wherever here. So what node what node would I have here? Well, maybe it's you at the center. Right? Do I have to be at the center? Well, I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. So I'm going to invent a blank node. Mm -hmm. That's a big O. That means you can do whatever you want. There are no constraints. So that's just an intermediary state. So then I'm going to take this input, and I'm going to add these blank nodes here. And these map to adding nodes in the graph. So basically, I'm assuming I don't need this. I'm assuming that uh, this is going to be, there's at least one choice where this is going to have the same cost as a direct move. And then I'm going to say that instead of having more complex shapes in the graph, I'm going to insert extra moves here. Just hop to that new position and have an intermediate move, right? 
Yeah, then I'm going to assume that uh, I'm going to assume that either that's not the case or that I can always find an intermediate move that makes my life better. Yeah. This this turns out to work. You'll have to take my word for it that this works and this makes your dynamic programming easy and it makes your graph building easy. So the advantage of this is you're changing the input. And then when you're building your graph or when you're doing the DP, you only worry about an input that looks like this. You don't care about any intermediate stuff. You have nodes and you have to transition between the nodes, period. So we've reduced the complexity of the problem. So whenever you can get away with that, it's really nice. We can do that for centering. We might not be able to do it for other more complicated stuff. Okay. So we sort of know what we want in a state. Now we want to build a graph so that the path from some source to some destination has a cost that's equivalent to the sum of these difficulties. Right? Because then I can run shortest path and my solution will be right there. By the way, you guys seem awfully sad. Do you want to take a break and play for a little bit more? <laughs> yes? Um, how many people want to play instead of? You, you don't have to play yourself. You can just rest for these two or three minutes. And you can watch someone else play and get more intuition about how you're supposed to play. OK, so one person wants to take a break. Everyone else wants to keep going? Or are you guys passed out already? So, uh, sort of. <laughs> yeah, you'll get out three minutes earlier if we don't do DP. Uh, sorry, if you don't do another round. So who wants to keep going? No, it's <laughs> OK, so who wants to keep going? You can only vote one thing. Who wants to play? OK, who wants to go? So we decided what we're going to have in nodes. And we're going to build a graph where the nodes are the states and the edges are the moves, right? So a node tells me, just like there, what node I'm at. Say I'm at node 2 and where my feet are on. So left foot left, right foot right. So given a state, what outgoing edges do I build? Where can I go to? So let's say I have a state that says I'm, not, I'm at node n and my left foot is in some position, my right foot is in some position. What are my outgoing edges from here? Okay, so for, well, actually the blank is a note, right? So you can have, if the next note, if note three is a blank, then the note is a blank and then I can have. But isn't, I guess, isn't, isn't the difficulty of the move dependent on what note that blank actually is? So it doesn't depend on what the screen says. It depends on where my feet are. So I have a number that tells me what's on my screen. Right. This number is enough to, for me to know what's going to be on my screen from now on until forever, because I have the list ahead of time. And then I have the position of my feet. So these are both part of the state. So I have nodes for all the nodes and all the positions of the feet. But the, but the blank note is just one position of feet? Uh, no. Yeah. Because isn't the difficulty dependent on what position your feet are? Yeah, so it's from where I start to where I land. So if I decide to start um, if I decide to start from here and go here, yeah. the difficulty of this move is so it doesn't depend on whether I have a blank there. Right. And this was okay, or if I had an up down, then I just missed a note. But the difficulty, the, eff the effort I'm expending is the same. Okay. But if you, go, if you start from that other move and go to a different position, that's still If I go from this to this, then that's a different difficulty. Uh, but that still could be a blank note? Yep. Okay. So a blank note would let me go wherever I want. Okay, let, I see. But, it is, but there are different kinds of blank notes with, with different feet. I guess, I, I guess I'm confused as to what. OK, so let's go through them again. So is it kind of like it's like 
spreading <coughs> really when you have your, your uh, source node. It's actually connecting to every possible move. And every possible move is connecting to your next, so it's kind of like a diamond type thing. Uh, not quite, not quite. So let's go, through, let's go through the nodes again, and then let's go through that. So the source move will be connected to some nodes, and then those nodes will be connected to other nodes, and it looks more like you have a big outgoing degree, then you have a big network, then a big incoming degree. It looks like a messed up sorting network. So nodes are constraints. This accepts any possible feed combination, right? So this accepts crap. This. No, the blank is a constraint. Okay. So if I have a node that looks like this, then if one of my feet is here and the other one's in the center, then that's fine. The constraint is met. I see. If one of my foot is up and the other one is down, then the constraint is met. Okay. But the edge running into that blank node, depending on what foot, depending on how your feet land, is different difficulty. Is that right? Yep. But when I compute the edge weight, I need to know where I'm landing exactly, not just what the node is, because the node might admit multiple positions. I see. Okay. So this guy admits all positions. Okay. This guy admits some positions, right? If these are LR, LR. If I have up, down, how many feet positions do I, does it admit? Just one. Not quite. Oh. How many? You mean as an intermediate? If it's up, down, then it's on the screen. My intermediates are all blank. Oh, oh. I thought you were saying starting with that node. So up, down. Oh. If you see up, down on the screen, yeah, how many right, feet right, positions? Right. Yep. So if the screen says up, down, the only two ways I can do that is this or this. Yeah. Right? So two positions. I see. Well, I mean, but you could have an intermediate where you step the first one, then back, and then. But I don't, I don't care, because I added these blank nodes, and they take care of my intermediates for me. So we're saying where the feet land aren't part of the aren't part of the node. Nope, they're just state. So they're a decision I'm making. But so so do we have that multiple? No, we don't because they're not part of it. So for each position here, I have multiple states according to. Sorry, for each node position here. Yeah. So for every position in the in the screen thing. I have multiple feet positions that I could be in. Right, right. But then are, are there multiple moves to get to those? Yep. There, OK, so there's multiple moves connecting each. Yeah, so there are multiple. So for example, if I want to get, uh, get to LR up, down here, I can go from LR up, down in the blank, or I could have LR be like this, and then transition. So I can have a lot of possible foot positions that I'm transitioning from in order to get here. I see. But those aren't actually, those aren't actually separate like nodes on the graph. They are. They have to be. Oh. So these all have to be separate nodes, because the edges are going to have separate weights. Right, this edge is going to have one weight, this edge is going to have another weight. Okay, that's what I thought, but then, but then we said there was only one blank. Can't a blank note, can't a blank note be, don't there have to be like multiple blank notes for every foot thing if, if you're approaching a note from different? Uh, I so, I'm, I'm not sure what you're asking. So, so we're going to have, if you want to care about centering, if you want to have intermediate moves, you need one blank node between every real node so that you're allowed to make one intermediate move between. Right. I guess but that's talking about this. That's talking about on the screen. Or on, or yeah, that's the screen. screen. That's the screen. Yep. Okay. So that's not the graph, though. Here, are we talking about the screen or the graph? Here, we're talking about the graph. Okay. So 2 tells me that the screen is at node 2 whatever that happens to be, okay. and my feet are in this position. Okay, okay. okay so that's very important. Th thanks for asking, because that's very important. So a state has the note that I'm landing at, so where the screen is, and where my feet are. Okay. okay. And state corresponds to the node. A node. 
A node is a state. Okay. So a node is a state, and the move goes between two states. This is how we represent all the graph problems. Right. Right. Okay. But like each so, we need, so we need multiple blank. Well. Yeah. So here I'm just drawing one example. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So for example, here I would need. Sorry. Oh. Okay. I, I get your confusion now. So yeah. This would be one move. This would be another move. And. for a single thing on the screen. Yep. Okay. So the next node would have a really large end degree, right? I used to have lots of different So this node has a huge out degree. Yeah, but I'm saying the ones that all those intermediates connect to. Those yep. are all intermediate. Yeah, so then they would connect to some node that have like really large end degree. Yep. But there's two of them after that, right? Because there would be two different. At, so what's next? Next is position. Hmm. How did I number them? I guess. So two is, no, it's not going to match that. So whatever we do is not going to match that. Say the, say the next node four is just an up. So if four is just an up, actually say four is up, down. And then I have two nodes for it, right? Yeah. One node LR. Okay, okay. So this is node 4. That happens to be up, down. And then I have this. And every one of these connects to every one of these. The Yeah, so I wanted to ask you guys, how am I going to draw the edges? But you guys made me do it with questions. So suppose I'm at node NLR. What edges do I draw going out of it? So node N, left foot at some position, right foot at some position. What are my outgoing edges? This is a node on the screen, or in the graph. One or an intermediate one? Doesn't matter. The node. So intermediate nodes have the node blank. But so just everything. it doesn't matter. Yeah, we're looking at all of them at the same time. Wait, so you're asking what an so given this node, mm -hmm. who am I connecting it to? Let's draw the outgoing edges. So if you're solving this as a graph problem, you build a node, you draw the edges, you run some algorithm. So let's draw the edges. Nope. So the node tells you what your constraints are. And that covers intermediate nodes. If your node is a blank, then, well, there's no constraints. If the node is not a blank, then there oh, are constraints. Oh, note. I thought that was referring to the node. No. Node. So this is a note. Maybe n is not good. Let's use i instead then, <laughs> if n is hard. So i is the position here in this guy, right? <coughs> Say, for example, i equals 1 here, i equals 2 here, i equals 3 here, so on and so forth. And that doesn't match this. So. We're talking about node. Yep. Uh, so one node, if I'm one node is represented by these three numbers, right? Each node has this tuple in it. And i is the node. Yep. So i connects to i plus one, and then all possibilities of all Okay, so this connects to i plus one, and then all possible destinations, right? So I'm gonna say left. Uh, this is after the jump. So left after the jump, and right after the jump. And this is for all uh, possible left after the jump, right after the jump. And what's the weight? On the edge. The weight is from LR to LR. LJ, LJ. Yeah, but so you want to say from LR to LJ, RJ, but what? Yeah, where where is that? Which is delta. delta. Oh. So yeah, the weight is delta. I drew D. Delta of these two foot positions. Okay. Almost. If I want to minimize the difficulty, Plus. then this is the right. If I want to maximize a score, then I would have to add a minus sign. But if you're minimizing the difficulty, this is exactly the weight, because it maps the shortest path. Usually in dynamic programming, things are maximized. 
So if we're maximizing something, we have to flip, we have to add a minus to the edge costs because, right. yeah, but this time we're minimizing something. Oh, right, right, right. right. I promised you that we'll maximize something all the time. Well, okay. I guess I lied. You want to maximize show off. So if we have the entertainment thing, then that would be maximized, and then you'd have a minus. Yep. OK, so we're almost good. Source nodes, destination nodes. So how do we, what's a source? You want to start at the first node, right? Yeah. So, but in which position? Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say there is a node zero that lets me choose how I'm going to start. Yep. So this is going to have uh, so I'm going to have a node zero with all possible uh, foot positions. And then this is going to be connected to a source by edges of weight 0. So the intuition is that I get to choose my starting position, right? Starting position, I see the first node, I make a move. So I want to be able to choose the starting position. That's why I have all those nodes. And then make a move to touch the first node. Because if the first note is here, yeah. I don't necessarily want to start like this, because maybe this is harder than this. All right, what's the destination? <coughs> OK. So all the nodes that are at node n and have any position would be connected to a destination node using an edge of weight 0. Or I can consider them as destinations and then choose the destination that has the shortest uh, path. Oh, I see. You can take all the, like the final, the final destination is going to be like, um, like two nodes, right? It's going to be that last position and then. Well, it might be more than two if the node is uh, just a simple node, because that wouldn't oh. constrain my feet too much. OK, and last, last question, uh, Dijkstra or Belmont-Ford? So this is always going to be from 0 to 1. So I could possibly use Dijkstra. The answer is neither. The answer is yeah, we're building a DAG. Yeah. So yeah. DAG shortest path. Every time we have dynamic programming, DAG shortest path. OK? Yeah. Come on, last question. You can't get away that easily. OK, so who wants to play?